You are now listening to For All Nerds Show, a podcast about geek and pop culture from the perspective of people of color. For All Nerds is hosted by DJ Ben Amin and Tatiana Keen Jones. For All Nerds Show is a member of the Loudspeakers Network, where we always say rest in peace to our founder, Combat Jack. For All Nerds Show is powered by our listeners. Everything we do from our podcasts, live events, our website are all independently funded. Please continue to support us through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash forallnerds. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And what's up, y'all? And welcome to this episode of the For All Nerds Show. The voice of the Urban Geek, the podcast where we discuss geek culture from the perspective of people of color. And as always, it's your boy, DJ Ben Amin, a.k.a. Premium Peter Parker, <laughs> A.B.A. Baymax, Meat Mill House, LeBron Shame, Patrick Swaley, Blart Bent, Charlie Brownish, light work Yagami, toss a coin to your ninja, here on the spaceship. How y'all doing out there? Damn, that was almost all of them. <laughs> I know. I mean, I got more. I could keep going. How University's own. Hey. Hey, that one, that one hits different this week, doesn't it? Mm, just a little bit. As I'm joined by my co-host. Tatiana King, also of the illustrious Howard University, also the Grand Duchess of Tech, a.k.a. Lambo Calrissian, Beretta Scott King, Deuce Piccolo, J. Prince of All Saiyans, Dame Diner Dash, the Ting of the North, and the Lord of Lightsabers. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice, nice. And like I said before, you are listening to the For All Nerd Show. For those new listeners, for everybody out there, it's the For All Nerd Show where we talk geek culture from the perspective of people of color. You can find us all over the internet on all those various platforms such as SoundCloud, Spotify, anywhere the better podcasts are at. You can also subscribe to us on twitch.tv slash For All Nerds or you can follow us right there on twitch.tv slash For All Nerds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of our various merch like this beautiful logo behind me is available at tpublic.com slash stores slash For All Nerds. And, you know, now that that's all the way, we can get right into the show. And, you know, like we said, Howard University Zone. (laughs) Yo, we have a black female VP on deck that went, graduated from the illustrious, the real, the legendary, the only one, H.U. You know? Howard University. It is what it is. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Yo, don't it? Um, Listen, I know that, like, here's the one thing. Regardless of how you feel about Kamala Harris, regardless of where you feel about Biden and all this other shit, mm-hmm. you got to get the props of, about the history that has been made. I think the one thing that did hit me, at least in the last weekend, this past weekend, was that even through all the mess and the bullshit we've been mm-hmm. through, we are witnessing history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's important. I mean, all right. I mean, as you, as a black woman and a Howard graduate, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel? I feel incredible. This is just, you know what? This is just a continuation of the shock that my ten-year-old self uh, would have gone through because I, I went through. I think I was like ten or so when a teacher asked us, you know, do you think there would ever be a black president? 
And I was mm. just like, no, very adamantly. And then obviously 2008 happened with Barack and I was a student at Howard University when it happened. So mm. it, that was just, that was just beyond any, that's, that was, that whole experience was beyond my imagination. Again, from my old 10 year old self, but also just from the factor of being on a, on a historically black campus mm. with friends and family and, and, and the city going nuts uh, uh, I mean, and the city just going off. I should say. I'm trying. I'm trying to watch those 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 terms. But the city going off, the world going off, mm-hmm. and then to essentially see this happen again, but this time with a black woman, a black woman fam. Like it's. I I am thrilled. I am absolutely thrilled. And I and again, I said because of all the shit we've been going through, it it hasn't like hit at once, but it's slowly really creeping in now. Like yo, this is happening, bro. Mm-hmm. Like. Yo, she is a step away from the presidency. Mm. That part. That and that's what bugs me out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I won't will not lie. When they when they stepped on stage, both of them, when she came out in the platinum suit, you know, stunting. It was shining, the cream suit. Cream with the yeah. platinum tie. The tie was like platinum. It, it, <laughs> it was yeah. shiny cream. It was all yeah. cream. It was it, platinum. Platinum. All right, fine. It was platinum. Look, you know what? You're look, right. You're right. You're right. Look, you're right. right. Everything Howard touches old. becomes platinum. platinum. And better. And better. <laughs> Come everyone's on now. like, y'all are so insufferable right now. Oh, oh well, y'all gonna hear it. <laughs> it's just gonna get worse too. That's that's it's you know, this is the this the early parts of it. You know, I, I cannot lie. Like when she steps out on stage, I and when they started speaking, I was I mean sobbing, you know, full it, it on. It became real. Yeah, yeah like just yeah. tears down my face, just streaming down my face for so many reasons, like you said. The history of it, you know what I know what it would mean to someone like my mother, you know my grandmother, you know to see a black woman take this office. Um, then what struck me during Biden's speech was like, yo, I never have to listen to that clown again. You know what I mean? Ever. And wasn't that an amazing? I mean, both of their speeches, Kamala and Joe's, but weren't mm-hmm. those like really good speeches? Really? And I was trying to gauge: is it because we've just again yes. we've been mired in the in in the shit for so long that everything sounds amazing, or is it because I mean, it really was a good speech at the end of yes. the day when you look at it in a vacuum. But it's just like I think that was the best I've heard her speak because I've never really been a fan of her as a speaker. You know. Mm. I I wasn't sure about her policies, but just as a speaker, I wasn't really a fan. And, his, and Biden as well, too. Yeah, Neither of them yeah. have really been like, you know, people I've been like, ooh, I can't wait to hear Biden or, you know. But I yeah. think after hearing these clowns for so long, and I think they came with their A game that night. And yes. they, they were both, you know, I was both like, oh, shit, this is dope. Yeah, super came with their A and game. And then. And, and, and but, but also, I want to say, be very clear to everybody. Just because we're, we're everyone's seeing their praises, like, first of all, let black people be happy. Number one, like you don't have to rain on the parade. Like we know there's there's stuff to think about and and stuff that we're not gonna forget. We get it, but like let us be happy. Number one, mm-hmm. um, and, and when I say black people, I'm talking about me as black people, but I mean as black people. Uh, number two, this is just the beginning because there's so much more work to be done, and I'm holding Biden to the fire because one thing he did say in his speech, he was just or or maybe he said it another time, I don't remember, but he said the black community came through for me. Mm-hmm. You know, black, black Americans came through for me. I mean, he said it verbatim and then I tweeted at him or, or maybe he tweeted it and I tweeted back at him, quote tweeted, I'm going to hold you to that, Joe. Yeah. And I think everybody is. I think and like I've really had good talks with real friends over this week about this because my immediate reaction wasn't of joy. Like, 
you know, even when I first found out that Biden had secured the electoral votes, I was like, ah, okay, whatever, you know, because I think one, I was so exhausted, you know, I was just so exhausted from this whole four years of just all this nonsense. But then two, I also know that America is and the world, that's what I'm always talking about on the show, is in such a more precarious place than the little things that we get distracted by every day. And so I'm trying to maintain joy in the face of that. But then I just also feel like there's just so much nonsense. Like immediately the day after everyone's like, oh, AOC in the far left. We can't go that left. And I'm like, dog, it is 70 degrees in New York in right now in November. And there y'all is- elected a fascist. Uh, openly uh, white supremacist president. Anti-science. So don't tell me, don't yeah. tell me it ain't possible. Yeah. Like clearly, and and also a reality show star. This is mm-hmm. not presidential quality person. This isn't someone who had experience. Like literally, y'all elected a reality show person. And that's my problem. Immediately is that people were pushing back against the Democratic Party within their own party instead of like being like, yo. Fuck these other side. We're going to do whatever it takes right now because it's just such a precarious position. But at the same time, we now have a person who at least respects science, you know, who respects mm-hmm. math, like simple concepts that. <laughs> Very no, simple concepts. No, it, it's mind blowing that we have to say that, you know, that he had to say that, was part, that both of them had to put that in their speech, you know, like, yo, science and math. Because you have to. Uh, and, and part of all this is reaffirming and 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 again i, I want to be clear like i don't want things to go back to normal quote unquote, no at all ever at the same time as you said they put these in their speeches because they need to reset like the expectation there should be an expectation that there is decorum uh in our government particularly in the in the highest reaches of the white house there should be the expectation of of grammar <laughs> uh, uh uh you know comprehension understanding and as we say science math all that other stuff like that should be basic now i know people are like well y'all praising them for the most basic thing but i'm like look at what the fuck we were dealing with Mm -hmm. you have to champion that because we need to normalize that again because it became for for too long it's become normal to just be ridiculous yeah and also to just say whatever to you know expose the to say the quiet powder to say the quiet part out loud like, you know, yo. That, like, like so, yo, we somebody, get it. Somebody put a funny tweet that was like, oh, finally, we get to go back to the good old racism I grew yes. up with. <laughs> yes. But, I, you know, I, and, and yeah, I'm not, I mean, it's the it's a funny ass joke. And yes, we, we get the nuance behind it. But it's like, I, I hear you, Ben. I'm with you. Yeah. And I'm just, I like I said, I'm just worried about the world. Like I said, it's 70 yeah. degrees in New York right now. You know, we need to do something about climate change that is not that hasn't been being done for the last four years. I'm 75 today. Jesus. They're just so yeah, it's tight out here, folks, you know, and as people who grew up as deets and stuff, I I just don't want to see it, you know, and I hope that we can make a much more concerted effort than what we've been doing lately. And instead of focusing on all this pure ignorance and nonsense, like it's just so wild the world we're in. Like, I was talking with a good friend of mine where I'm like, yo, it's a world where we're not in facts anymore, where facts don't matter, you know? And that's scary to me. Facts like, don't I, matter, that, that reality can be manipulated very easily, mm-hmm. and then you can get 70 million Americans to go along with you. Yeah, and then people will, like, retweet something, you know, 100,000 times before somebody says, yo, that's fake. And then the person who says that, it gets retweeted five times. 
Yeah. Oh, man. I don't want to depress people and all that, you know. <laughs> I, it's, it's not so much depressing. You're pointing out something that, that I mean, we've, we've, so a lot of us has known, but to really understand, you have to be hyper vigilant. Like, mm. we, we literally, like, I, I'm trying to think of a good analogy of this. It's like, we live in a virtual reality world for real, for real. Mm-hmm. Beyond just, like, the tech of virtual reality. I mean the fact that it's a construct. Everything around is a construct. From the stories you hear, as you say, from the quote-unquote fake news, from the people who who deliberately share false information and pass it off as real, that gaslight people. You know, you say, you say mm-hmm. two plus two is four, and they're like, nah, son, is six. And then we'll gaslight you to death. And then have people in behind them, like 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 gassing them to, to believe that, like it. We we are living in that this type of world right now. And to your point, it is scary as fuck. And mm-hmm. I and when I say the the only part of normalcy I'm 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 interested in returning to is is uh, logic and common sense. Mm. Really? Yeah. I, not- at the very least. Yeah. And I, sometimes I feel like on this show, we're preaching to the choir. Like, people who listen to us, for the most part, I think, are, you know, very advanced people who look at things in a different way than the norm, mm-hmm. who aren't about all this nonsense. So sometimes I'm like talking about this, I'm like, oh, they've already heard it. And the people who don't, who need to hear it, aren't hearing it from us. That's least. the problem. That's the problem. And yeah. we live in a society... And I, when I say society, I'm just talking about th- with the world because, you know, the internet is really the world. We yeah. live in a society where everyone also, deliberately or not, puts themselves in their own echo chamber. Yes. Meaning, yeah. if you if you have these wild views, you're probably going to align yourself with more people who have the same wild views. And you're going to live in that bubble. And then, like you said, the people who really need to be listening to our what we're saying are, are not going to be available. And that's something interesting, too. because not I used to argue with uh, somebody about that, about this show. Because they'd be like, yo, this show is just an echo chamber. But my thing is, there are just certain views where I don't want to hear it. Like, I don't even yeah. like I don't even like seeing people retweet people anymore where they retweet people and then they're like, look how dumb this is. Because it's like, yo, we get it. That shit's dumb. Like, retweet the people who are, you know, expressing a positive view of how you want to see the world. That's how I mm-hmm. feel. Like... Don't retweet the person who's expressing a negative view because we know that's out there. Like, I'm not for anything that puts women second. You know, I'm not for having those arguments anymore. I'm not for having an argument with somebody about the validity of something as basic as Black Lives Matter. You know, I'm not trying to have those arguments on this show. Yeah, it's a waste of time. Yeah. And, and it's and it's it's honestly, those it's beneath you. It's beneath yes. all of us. Mm-hmm. I don't have to prove my 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 validity as a human being, especially as a black human being mm. who saved your fucking ass from this, along with the rest of, of the black people who, once again, black women specifically, once again, saved this country. But also, like, I just want everyone to just take a moment and breathe. Mm. Just breathe. Just breathe. Walk outside, clear your head, and get to work. Mm. That's Georgia. We got work to do in Georgia. Anybody listening to this in Georgia, what up, y'all? You know, please vote in January, spread the word, all that, because that's the next step right there. And then from there, you know, we're going to have to keep focusing on the next level, all the other local 
uh, elections coming up in 2021. And, you know, it starts from the bottom. And that, like you said, that's how it works. It's like, that's what people don't get. Like, Obama was on LeBron's show. The, it's a really good episode. It's free for the rest of November, I think, on YouTube and a few other places. If you haven't seen it, go check it. But Obama makes that point. He's like, it's not about just the president. You know, there's so many people that made this country run, and we have to focus on all those different things because that's what they did. Trump put in a record number of judges, not just the Supreme Court, but just federal judges throughout the land. This man just took every single, you know, oh, whap, whap, and just gave it to all these people. You know who he's giving it to. Yeah, and, and the you things, know? and all of this affects generations. Like Generations, judges, the, the, the that's people's jail time. You know, that's everything, like. The destruction this dude sold mm-hmm. into this, not to say that the country is so hunky-dory, but yes. the, the level of destruction that has occurred in, in a short time of four years is immense. But so it also woke people up. And that's another yeah. thing. You know, yeah. it's like because people weren't even aware the Electoral College, any of this shit. But people got smart real quick, mm-hmm. you know. So we could, y'all, you know, and... uh we're going to take a break right here because mm-hmm. we got, you know, we already talked a lot of fire just now. And we have, you know, I mean, you are, y'all, y'all seen the preview already. Yeah. You already know. I know what y'all are here for. There's, <laughs> there, there's some of that. I'm going to let y'all know there's some of that. But there's a lot more than just that, you know. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Professor Brandon Obunu a scientist who studies genetics and epidemics. And when I'm not doing long division, I'm listening to For All Nerds. Hey, yo, this is Danny Lore. And this is Vida Ayala. And we are Twin Speaks. And when we are not writing Ironheart or James Bond, we are listening to For, For All, All Nerds. Hi, my name's Genevieve King, and I play Jackie Veda on Netflix's Lock and Key. When I'm not cooking up new recipes in my kitchen, then I'm listening to For All Nerds. Hey, everybody. This is Peter Ramsey. I am the director of Rise of the Guardians and one of the directors of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And I like to listen to For All Nerds with Tatiana and the great Benjamin. Hey, this is Hiro Kanagawa, actor and playwright. And you are listening to For All Nerds All The Way. Hi, this is Lexi Alexander, and I'm a filmmaker and a writer. And when I'm not playing with my vintage toys and feeding myself and my dog, then I'm listening to For All Nerds. Hey, what's up? This is Otto Asado. And when I'm not on television and movie sets, I am listening to For All Nerds. And welcome back for all nerds to this fabulous show we have here for you. And of course, as always, we are turning it up here in the spaceship tonight because we have a returning guest, a friend of the of the show. I'm stuttering, messing it up already, but let me just bring him on in. The man himself, Orlando Jones, is here on the spaceship. You know him, What's Mr. Up? Nancy. Hold on, hold on, we're not done with the intro just yet. Not everybody knows who you are, man. You know, Mr. Nancy from American Gods, Dr. <laughs> Lee from Drumline, Captain Frank Irving, <laughs> Basehead on Black Dynamite, <laughs> the Rail Man. 
<laughs> on the new series on Showtime, The Good Lord Bird. Let's all welcome Orlando Jones to the spaceship tonight. So lovely to be here with all you aliens, uh, AT aliens and other aliens all gathered here on the spaceship. What's happening, man? It's good to see you, Ben. Good to see you, Tatiana. It's very good to see you. you. Well, it's just so funny that, like, just to introduce you, you say you're base head from Black Dynamite. Like, it's just so <laughs> Honestly, I would have led with that one. That's just... <laughs> 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 I like this little background you got over here. You got the hexagons and everything going on behind you, you know? You said spaceship. What do you think I was going to show up with a school bus? I thought <laughs> we agreed on spaceship. <laughs> you could be the new Miss Frizzle. Um, but yes, welcome. I'm really happy to talk to you about, uh, you, you're here, you have a new project out on Showtime called The Good Lord Bird. And obviously we're going to get all into that. Um, but we just want to just kind of reacquaint ourselves with you. I mean, how have you been holding up? Yeah, I can't, I can't complain. Uh, I, you look, life is a, I think life has a lot to do with perspective, right? Just the, mm -hmm. the way you see things and the way you choose to see things. And if what you choose to do is find all of the negative things going on, then you can, you know, man, you're going to have a really bad day because it's, it's right out there ready for you to plug it up. Uh, <laughs> but if you can refocus your attention on uh, on the things you want to accomplish and on um, the positive aspects of how you can make life better in the mm -hmm. aftermath of such change, I think uh, you can uh, you know you can try and move things forward during this time. Now that's obviously harder said than done, but I really kind of focus my attention there uh, because with with so much stuff going on, I think it's only really kind of maintain a clear focus for me anyway. Is to, is to sort of focus my attention on what I can get done and what I have control over and what I don't have to ask for permission for. Mm. And, and, in, and, in, and in that process, uh, I have found this time to be not, uh, not as difficult uh, as it could be. Mm. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely a good perspective because like you said, if you go looking for the negative, you know, you're going to find it. Like even today, I woke up today, I'll be honest, and I'll just like, you know, I hate it here. You know, like, <laughs> right? You're right to be like, I want, I want to go somewhere else. I hate it here. The weather sucks. <laughs> if we distance in, it ain't social. There's no thing as social distancing. Okay, if we distance in, it's not social. All right. <laughs> so sure. you sit in my house and and do nothing. And and if you're a parent, you got to teach and. Mm -hmm cook and chef and clean um, because whatever you were farming out duties likely has now, you know, you've curtailed on that process, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So you're, you're wearing a lot of hats, right? So it's easy to get frustrated. That, for me, that's my point. It's so easy to get caught up in those things. So I really try and go, all right, let me just knock out what I got to do, but I'm not going to program myself every day to listen to bad news. Like, I'm not going to subscribe to murder porn every day. I'm not going to do that, you know. Mm. But I'm also not going to watch Hallmark Channel like my mom does, where it's Christmas every day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes you need some of that, you know, like. Right? If I but can find the Hallmark Channel, I might be watching it right now. Dude, let me tell you something. <laughs> I've been watching The Lion Guard, which is the animated show on Disney+. Plus. Uh, that's like oh. I'm having a ball watching the Lion <laughs> I might need to get into that. Thank you for the recommendation. No, I, I honestly I watch a lot of light stuff. I, I really have enjoyed a lot. There's a lot of stuff that I like. It's part of why I like the good Lord Bird because 
rather than take me down the journey the way I have seen it so brutally portrayed so many times, this more, though it has its violent aspects, certainly, but the, the tone of it isn't dark mm-hmm. and yep. murderous. No. <laughs> so it feels light to watch something like The Good Lord Bird. And I find myself gravitating towards that type of content and I feel rewarded in doing so. And I'm trying to really apply that. And that has made this time, even in my music choices. Yeah. uh, I found that listening to that, listening to Ted talks, listening to things that are inspirational has been a really good uh, tool uh, to use during this time. Hmm. All right. Well, that brings up, you know, the good Lord bird. So first off, I mean, how did this opportunity for this, come about and what drew you to this project you know i got a message that ethan hawk wanted to talk to me about the good lord bird and i was like the good lord why do i that sound familiar and of course mm-hmm. oh yes the the book the, the the critically acclaimed book the yes okay james right awesome and I sort of dove back into it just to refresh my memory of, of what it was. And, uh, and then we started talking. And uh, I think they were talking about another role at first or something. And there was, I can't remember what the, the agreement or disagreement was, but I just remember Ethan calling me saying, no, 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 you got to be the rail man. Like, <laughs> no, you've got to be the real man. So <laughs> was he already in character when he called you? Did he give yeah. you the whole wild eyed like, yeah. you know, he wasn't the real man. <laughs> While playing John Brown, he was always, there's always a little John Brown there. Yeah. <laughs> but I got, I got the, I got, I got onions, John Brown. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? I, I, I may as well have been wearing a skirt. He was super nice. <laughs> okay. You know, I have no problem with skirts, so it was fine by me. Uh, and, uh, you know, he was really lovely. And, uh, and that was really it. We talked about that. And, um, and next thing I knew, we were, you know, on a set and, uh, and we were doing it. And that was that. Got it. Got it. And, and for those who are kind of new to this series, like it generally centers around the story of John Brown and his well, failed raid, raid on Harper's Ferry. So was telling the story of being part of the storytelling and, and the other stories that are woven within, but was telling the story personally important to you? I think so. I mean, look, first of all, I think we have to separate a couple of things out. Mm-hmm. For me personally, you know, as a storyteller, you know, Good Lord Bird, James McBride, the way he tells stories, his other books, um, you know, I'm a black male. Here's a black male storyteller who's telling stories that are steeped in research and history, but they're funny. Um, they, they don't take a dim view. The characters themselves aren't victims. The characters have things that they're going through, but they are not all uh, complacent and suppressed <laughs> in the way that they behave. So Storytellers like that have always been exciting to me. So James was always, I was like, whoa, I'm going to go get to bring one of his books to life. So that was just, to me, you know, check that box, number one. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, it was, frankly, you know, I, I really, I've always been a fan of Ethan Hawke as an artist, uh, as, as a writer, as a producer. Uh, you know, one of the first plays that I ever had published was um, 
for the Naked Angels, and Ethan's a part of that 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 group. Um, I did a one act for them uh, when we did Gunplay series about gun violence back in the day. So, you know, it was just incredible to be reunited, working with somebody who I knew from a theater company in New York 25 years ago, and who, as an artist, I have such great respect for. So that was like check number two. Yeah. And then number three, it was. The Railman for me, and this story is unlike so many others because it kind of crosses a lot of lines that that I feel like usually get get service really manufactured in a way. Okay. Like now people are checking boxes because there's a diversity movement. So everybody's like, oh, did we talk to the LGBTQ plus community? Did we talk to the black community? People are checking boxes, right? But the stories themselves don't generally have that in their DNA. Well, this did, you know, mm -hmm. Just in how Onion becomes uh, his the perception around him is as a little girl and not as a little boy and his reasons for doing so and how that plays itself out is not a gender politics um, uh, part of the story that was manufactured in. Right. It, right. It's it's a part of the natural progression of the story to tell the story of how communication happened, which to me is to tell a tech story. Right. Mm -hmm. To me, that's what the rail man is. He's tech. How did you how do you get the message out during that period of time when you're trying to rally people? You've been in no Twitter. There's no Facebook. There's no telephones. You got the mail and the fastest locomotion is a steam train, which stops every 15 minutes to refill up on water. and has to be next to a water source. Right. Mm. Like you don't think about how the Underground Railroad really worked, right? You don't think about the, the wagon that's following the train that's going about the same speed as the train that can be in the shadows so that you can actually transport humans, but you're also transporting mail and cargo, and that a Black man is in charge of all that and friends with the mayor and still has a family in bondage yep. and is still mm -hmm. trying to get his family out of bondage but exercises a lot of power with very complex relationships where he is not purely subservient during a time where we only hear stories about us being slaves. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm like, and where do I sign up? <laughs> I mean, because those are the characters that I find that I most like, like to play um, because I, I'm not as, I'm not against, and I should never say that, but I'm not as interested in playing characters that are seen as victims because I think that's the Hollywood trope in the way that we often get portrayed. So yeah, having yeah. said all that, um, I jumped at it because I thought he's right. I love this role and I love uh, uh, the storytelling of it. And, and I love um, the precarious situation that he's in as a character that he, that John Brown, though he stands for an ideal that he believes in, his coming forces the real man's timeline to get his family uh, to freedom and compromises that timeline. So the real man, you know, he does not, <laughs> it doesn't go his way <laughs> uh, in the end, uh, spoiler alert. But, uh, uh, but, it don't go nobody's way. It goes nobody's way. But I they're fighting for I think take harkens itself back to a lot of the principles that we're talking about today. That's why people are protesting because they're saying, I'm going to get out here in the street and I'm going to make my voice heard because uh, I'm not hungry for change. I'm going to put myself 
um, you know, in harm's way, be it for COVID or what have you, with how people might respond to my being here. Uh, you know, people are doing that because I think they're hungry for change. So exciting to tell a story. Uh, I feel like that uh, that that emboldens that story during this period of time because I feel like uh, uh, it's gotten a little preachy, and, <laughs> and it's it's exciting to hear something that's funny and has such an incredibly diverse cast. Uh, that lets us laugh at, you know, part of our history, but also lets us see it in clearer focus and, and to not in these, in these binary roles. There's just, there's so much, whether they, whether they black, whether they slave or whether they free, whether they, whether they male or whether they female, whether they black. I mean, it's like the questions are so, whether they gay or whether they straight. It's like, I mean, but it's never, was he human or was she human? And what, what, what were they trying to accomplish? What was important to them? What was the journey that they were on? And, and so to see these characters be able to, to um to come to life in this way and to have such rich source material in the book but to be played so beautifully by so many actors i mean the cast is really extraordinary on this show so i mean it, it's kind of hard not to you know to want to be a part of a project like this so i, I you know I, yeah. I feel honored and blessed man showtime has been awesome i can't you know I find that, you know, no matter what, you know, happens on the other side of the scene for the part that I care the most about, which is the art, like I was really excited about what I was able to do with Mr. Nancy and play that character. I was really excited mm -hmm. about being able to bring, you know, Dr. Lee and Basehead and these crazy characters to life. And this is for me yet another one where I just try and, you know, focus on how to bring a character to life where no matter how crazy they are, you still can see some part of their humanity, right? Mm -hmm. Even with Basehead, you can see some part of his humanity there and all of his insanity. And he's a fool because <laughs> he's a Basehead. But that, for me, that's always what I'm focused on. I don't care about the genre so much of what it's in, but I just kind of feel like that's where we all get painted with the same brush. Which, it, it, what, no matter what disenfranchised group you come from, right? And I'm, I'm, in, I'm counting super skinny and super fat as disenfranchised groups, you know, as, as disabled and Asian, I'm counting all sorts of, you know what I mean? Uh, things as disenfranchised groups, because we all get treated a certain kind of way because a certain judgment is made. Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel like showing those characters as human, despite their flaws is, is really the fun of, of, of the job to me to, to, to make you laugh, but also see them as human enough that you don't want, you don't want anything bad to happen to that character. Cause despite how flawed they are, you still can see yourself in them. And yeah. to me, that means that maybe you won't look at somebody who looks, doesn't look like you and think that person doesn't agree with me because we don't share the same politics. So boom, let's shoot them. Like, no, maybe you see them as human despite their flaw <laughs> and we figure out how to work forward like I just, I'm, I'm adamant that we must see each other as human <laughs> i'm standing on that principle uh, yeah. <laughs> i'm glad you are <laughs> not everybody is uh yeah, yeah. Um, Hold on. i'm not saying that other people are but there's an old story that my dad used to tell me and, it, and I, I, will, I will truncate it and it goes like this very famous president was walking down the street and walking towards him there was this uh, woman and the woman had clearly been out all night makeup was smeared probably living on the street maybe more attractive in another day but she's seen rough times and as she notices that it's the president she starts to giggle and the president tips his hat and he says me lady and she passes by and his two advisors go why did you call 
that person, m'lady, tip your hat like she's yeah. clearly. And he said, I tip my hat because of who I am, not because of who she is. Mm. And I feel like it's an important principle to keep in mind that real slavery is when somebody does something nasty and mean, and then you respond this way because they did something nasty and mean. That means that their actions control your actions. So that means you're a slave to what they do. Real freedom is saying, interesting choice, but I'm going to do this. And I think that that's one of the things that we miss, but stories like the good, good Lord word tell us is that that's the way our elders approach life. Because if they didn't approach life that way, they could easily lose their life and then they wouldn't have the ability to provide for their children and the ones they love. So they made these mm -hmm. sacrifices willingly, understanding why they were making them. But we don't look at sacrifices that way because we're so focused on the fury that mm -hmm. we don't necessarily have a plan and a way to manage the stupidity that we're dealing with, but not to overvalue it because that stupidity doesn't stop you from accomplishing what you want to accomplish. So for me, that's really what the good Lord bird is about. That's what Frederick Douglass was trying to tell you, right? <laughs> That's what that speech is. Those speeches are ultimately about for you to grab hands, grab your humanity with both hands. And it's easy in a climate like today's and the climate of the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, <laughs> and 2000s. So this isn't new. So let's stop acting like it is and, and march forward in a way that that helps our children because bitching about it ain't working. Mm -mm. But oh, no, no, uh, you, you you did bring up an interesting point because uh, once I started watching the series, I started looking at some reviews. And one of the first reviews that I found, uh, someone said in this review, they were talking about John Brown. And they said that he chopped the head off of a slave owner. And the person writing the review said, most of us wouldn't agree with that or, you know, with his methods. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I don't, <laughs> I wanted to find this person on Twitter immediately. And I wanted to quote them this and be like, let me tell you, fam, I chopped the head off a slave owner. It's like, there's a thing about recognizing humanity. And there's also a thing about recognizing what someone has done to your humanity and yeah. not standing for that side of it. The, the, the idea that we're not talking about chopping off the heads or uh, murdering slaves. So that part. Like, yeah, that's what killed me. I'm like, hold up. What do you think the slave owner was doing to the slaves? I don't want to get into the I and I, I Old Testament <laughs> version because, as we know, yeah. in the New Testament, things change. Uh, yeah, but, you know, that's cool on them. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, this, this is all reminiscent of the when they go low, you go high kind of thing. Orlando, I'm going low. I'm going low. Orlando, I choose low. And you make a plan as to which way you want to go. That's my thing. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm choosing low. Sharp I'm with John Brown. I mean, <laughs> wild hair, wild eyes. I, make sure, make sure the blade is good. You know, that's that's the plan. We're all nerds, the most militant podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we, are for, we are for everyone, but that's the point. You know, it's for everyone who recognizes our humanity. Yeah. We are not for appeasing anyone who doesn't. And I'm not in 2020. Right, yes, right. I want you to recognize yeah. everyone's humanity. That's yes. I'm going to oh, go yeah. out on that crazy list. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the problem. That's all we asked you for over here. And it that seems to be an issue. You know, but it's like it, you it asked for that. And so I'm I'm prepared to fight for that. Yes. And 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 I'm I am sorry if my fighting for that is offensive. Not really. <laughs> what you think about. <laughs> okay. 
and I'm completely okay with that. And it has taken me a while <laughs> uh, to come there. Cause I think there's a real, as I was raised Catholic, <laughs> there's a real guilt mm. I, that, that comes along with it, you know, saying, you know what? I'm not going to focus my attention on caring how other people feel about my circumstances. Mm. Like okay. these are my circumstances. So I'm just going to deal with my circumstances. I'm not going to be, you know what I mean? Like I'm going to be mad at you because you don't like my circle. Like, what are we doing here? Like what kind of circle cartoon argument is this? And I do really feel like it's a cartoon argument now. Like I feel like, you know, I, I, I will post some size on social media stuff just to see what ignorance I get back. Like, you, you know, it's not. Are you, are you trolling the trolls? I, I'm trollando. Of course I'm trolling the trolls. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you, half of what I post is meant to be clickbait. What are you talking about? <laughs> but I what's funny is. Abusive about it. What's funny is you, you and, and I know that's not the first time you've said that. You, you tell people this directly, but it just keeps working. And that's it's just right. like, do people not learn? Are these lessons not learned over and over? No, because it's more convenient for them to pretend that I, I believe X or I believe Y and to try and hold me down to some statement like the world is static and everything's in place and nothing's ever going to change or move. It's like, what are you talking about? The world is dialectic. It's always changing. It's always evolving. Things are always in motion. So right. you got to be able to, to move with it. We're living, breathing organisms. And the more we learn and the more we fail, uh, you know, hopefully the more we get better at making choices or the more we repeat the same stupid choices, but whatever it is, it ain't the same. So mm -hmm. I just kind of look at my social media like that. And I try because otherwise, what's the point? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I don't care about followers at all. Like that means nothing. To me. I, what for? I mean, I'm just looking for engagement. You know what I mean? At the end of the yeah. day. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, Considering, I mean, you, you brought up one of your characters, uh, Mr. Nancy from American yeah. Gods and, you know, representative of Nazi, the spider. Um, and you gave one of the most memorable and powerful speeches in TV. And it's, it's something that we remember to this day because it was just it was just so blunt and so forceful. But it was the truth. So when and, and of course, in that scene that you gave that you were talking to slaves um, on a ship. So it's just interesting that kind of when you see this different juxtaposition of your position, uh, you know, as the rail man, what, when you go from that character to this, like, what are your thoughts on, on how you approach that story? Like, like this story is still featuring a slave narrative, if you will. What, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think there are elements of what we call and we know as the slave narrative that um, sadly are not told. Okay. So when, we, when I look at the Olmecs and, and you start to look at the Aztecs, you realize that 1500 years before Columbus even showed up here, uh, black and brown people had settled this land uh, and cultivated this land and figured out how to take little puffy pieces of white cotton from razor blade leaves. Um, and all of those skills that cultivated and made these civilizations came from black and brown people. So the notion that we came here only as as slaves post columbus is such a crazy way to look at our own history um and it's also a really false way to look at the time if you if you look at 
who was coming to America, then you know that many of those people were coming from you know, Western Africa and many of those people were of the Muslim faith. So during the time that the founding fathers were here, many of the people serving them, living in their homes and working with them were people who were of the Muslim faith, mm -hmm. uh, people who were of the Aztec faith, people who would come from the Olmec um, history. So my point is, is that in those communications, we, we know that humans learn from each other. So we know that these principles that are put forth to us as purely European uh, were not as such. And so for me, that's where the railman enters the story. I, I have seen many a slave narrative. I've just never seen one that showed me, you know, a black man with 15 keys on a ring running the most sophisticated technology of his day with you. no supervision to the point that he was also able to do that so efficiently that he was able to also be a pipeline to the Underground Railroad and thought so strategically that he was able to help spread John Brown's impossible message in a period of time that was, you know, frankly, it couldn't get done. All of that required what we call the entrepreneurial spirit, uh, the operational, the organizational spirit, that, that is a CEO if there ever was one, right? In the flesh, battling the exact same conditions from a viewpoint that none of us have ever seen before. We've just never seen it before. We've seen the guy in the fields but we've never seen the guy running the trains and talking with the, who's a part, a functioning part of the decision-making ca capacity of a city and of an enterprise, right? Mm -hmm. And how he's navigating. Like we haven't really seen Frederick Douglass's life until now, really. Frederick Douglass was a rock star, the most famous abolitionist in the world, but his household politics were fascinating. He was married to a black woman and he had a white mistress yeah, all know. under the same roof. Now today we would want to say that everything Frederick Douglass had to say was irrelevant because there are people in our society that would say it's irrelevant because he had a white mistress. That mm -hmm. is an argument many people will make, but they hold up Frederick Douglass's words, <laughs> not realizing the complicated politics of us as humans. So for me, it just comes back to the same thing where that's where I feel like the good Lord bird is not a slave story, right? Because the rail man isn't functioning as a slave during the times of slavery. His family is, he has components that suppress him, but you know, the pursuit of happiness is about a man who has components that suppress him in modern society and how those components, uh, took a toll on him and left him homeless. And now he had to get his life together to overcome. But still, those stories are not different during the same time. So I look at those types of stories and go, it's not about slave stories. It's about the narrative and how that narrative pushes you forward. The real man is not a victim. Frederick Douglass is not a victim because he got himself out of slavery, <laughs> became the most successful rock star speaker in the world, or certainly in North America. And then put together a dynamic within his own home that is fascinating to look at. Yeah. 
Because frankly, in that dynamic, the person with the least amount of power was his white mistress. Mm. Because the outward presentation was that she was subservient to and had to be in that household to his black wife. That's just the politics of that dynamic, because outwardly, that's what the politics had to be. So whether she liked it or not, there were times publicly that she had she had to go stand over there <laughs> while he while he stood over here. And that, again, is a dynamic that we no one talks about even existing during that time. And that she chose that dynamic is fascinating in its own right. So. I kind of feel like that's the part of our history that we never look at. And that's what's exciting about something like the good Lord bird, because it forces us to see these people, the things they said, the lies they live. We, we see them as human and, and realize that just because someone might hold a belief you disagree with doesn't mean you should discount everything they say. Right. Because no matter what, the person has an ism. We all know a racist. We all know a homophobe. We all know somebody who has a particular point of view that's off. We all do, and they're in our own family. And we don't want anything to happen to those people. We, we don't, because we don't know them from that capacity. We know them from this place of love. Mm. So telling those types of stories that, that tell those complicated relationships to me during a time when things are so divisive and what have you, you know, that's what art's about. You know, that's what Nina Simone and James Baldwin are ultimately talking about, which is how we use these tools and these gifts to connect us, not how we use them to pull us apart. And, you know, I'm, I'm grateful to, to be able to work on stuff that, that gives me that opportunity. And, and I, I think the good Lord bird is a, is a great example of that. So, you know, that, that's why I see it that way. And, and, and that's why I think uh, it's, uh, it's different and it's, and it's special. Mm. I like I said, this is my first exposure to the material was watching the series. And so I didn't until I went and, you know, did some research and stuff. I didn't know that it was supposed to be so irreverent and everything. And that was trying to even throw me off at first. <laughs> That's, right. That it was a little bit humor thrown in. Well, a lot of bit of humor. Thrown yeah, in. a lot of bit of humor. And it Ooh. also threw me off because, like, you know, we've discussed this before, Orlando. I'm like, I felt like the scene in American Gods was all I ever needed to see from slave narratives. Like, I'm not a fan of Roots. I'm not a fan of, <laughs> I mean, you can run them down the line 12 years later. It don't matter. I hate them all, you know, with a passion. Underground and that scene. That's all That's I ever it. needed, <laughs> you know? And so e even while like I enjoyed this and I enjoyed your character, especially because like you said, here's this baller ass dude. Um, one, I want to give you props yet again, because you came with yet another voice. Like, I know you always flip the voice for all your characters yeah. and the real man slides in with the ill voice. I like uh, that. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, okay, like okay. He wasn't joking. He really does it every time, you know? <laughs> hey, that's my <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Real smooth, real smooth came in. So I liked all that. But I wasn't a fan of John Brown. I'll be honest. Like well, I was, I, saying, I, I love Ethan Hawke, you know, and all that. But I was just like, Ugh, you know, like I don't care, dude. You know, like I get it. You're this whole rah rah. We're gonna chop their heads off, slaves. You know, free the slaves. But I'm like, everyone who looks like you is your fault. You know, like I get it. You on you might be on our side, but you also ended up getting a lot of black people killed. You know, like you did Absolutely. start something, but you got people killed and. So I'm just like, why is it that we always try to center it on them? You know, like, I get it. And I like when Onion's on the screen, I'm hyped. When you on the screen, I'm hyped. When he came back on the screen and when and not only him, 
your man who's uh supposed to be getting the damn house together. Oh yeah, here sleeping with Shorty. Oh, and just messing it up. I'm like, you about to get everyone killed, fam? What are you doing, white it's man? So selfish. It's so selfish. <laughs> yeah. It but is it, so selfish, but it, it's to me, it's so, it's so, <laughs> right? I mean, honestly, when you really, when you really put on the news, right? Isn't this what we're watching, really? Yes, a bunch of idiots. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're watching, right? We're watching. There's a there's a lot of comedy, a confederacy of dunces going on, <laughs> right? And so for me, I I I don't I don't know. I think it's um, I I understand your point of view. My dad shares your point of view, right? Mm. My dad, like my dad, is like, nope, he, he's not interested at all. Um, <laughs> no, I'll wait. I'll wait for your next one, Orlando. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, he, he, he's watching side. it. Because, mm-hmm. but you know, his point of view is that you know he, he he's similar to you in that he doesn't necessarily want to see a John Brown narrative, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. But what he has to give up, and it's killing him. But I love it. <laughs> is that he's also seeing these other historical black figures like Frederick Douglass and like mm-hmm. that he's never seen before. Mm. Okay, so he's like. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I'll take that trade off. And I keep pointing out to him, I'm like, you can say whatever you want, but what you're really saying is that you don't like this black author's work because this is a black author's work, whether you like it or not. And this is the way he chose to render this story. So you might not like the fact that he chose to use the Harper's Ferry, the raid on Harper's Ferry and John Brown as a way to tell this narrative. Uh, through the eyes of this 14-year-old, you know, boy, right? You mm-hmm. might, that, that might not be something you like. I like, as a fan of graphic novels and comic books, I just like the fact that you come into the story in a shootout and then are following the story from the point of view of somebody who had their family killed in the shootout because that's just a, a traumatic place to begin the story. But then to watch those characters evolve and develop a relationship, to me, is just the type of stories I like, right? Because mm-hmm. it's so atypical, right? Um, and I love the fact that James McBride was able to get his story told. So what I say to my dad is, I can't divorce myself from the fact, as a Black storyteller myself, that I sometimes will write a bunch of characters that are not just Black. In as the leads, mm-hmm. but it is the servicing of all those other characters that you get along with that that I hope makes something better than what the American Gods experience was, which was ultimately a series a scenario where nobody wanted to service those characters. He did service those characters. So for me, a storyteller of color that's servicing all of the characters, irrespective of color. I, I have to celebrate that. <laughs> mm. I, I cannot not celebrate that. I must. Um, and at the same time, I must point out that at the same time, so many other stories that you and I love, the characters don't get fully serviced simply because they are the disenfranchised characters. Okay. So I, I think we, we've got to, I believe, adjust our eyesight on what we're going to say yes to and what we're going to say no to because we're just going to get more of the same, right? 
I want to see more underground. I, you know, I, you yeah. knew where I was taking the Anansi story. I know you were involved in the, the writing on American Gods with Brian Fuller and Michael Green, Ben. So I know you were in the room and, and know this intimately. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Okay. So, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, you don't have to say anything. Already on that situation. I'm going to talk yeah. out of school here. Yeah, I like, you know, those guys are great. Those guys are great. <laughs> and I proud to you because I think it's critically that's where, important. That's where it stopped. These guys are Brian Fuller and Michael Green, right? Oh, yeah, great. And a white gay man are the yep. author of The Slave Speech and American Gods. Yep. Yeah. Our collaboration along with an incredible Guillermo, uh, 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 our director, uh, I can't believe I just blanked on Jeremy's last name. This is shameful. I'm slapping myself. I will come up with it. But my point is, when I look at the collaboration of individuals that are responsible for that piece of content, it's it's really a bit of a rainbow coalition, but it wasn't mm-hmm. just green. It was all colors. And so I just think that we, when we say diversity, what we really mean is storytellers that really, no matter what color or race or sex they are, uh, even if they're white men, storytellers that look at all the characters as human and therefore tell all the characters and invite you, invite you and me and you, Tatiana, and all yeah. of us into the process to make those characters better rather than making them in a way where you're telling us who they are. And the great storytellers, the Michaels and Michael and Brian's and, and James's of the world all make it a collaboration so that you get, I think, work like the good Lord bird. So, I mean, for me, uh, I understand, you know, why it might not be your cup of tea, but I'm going, I'm a, I'm raw Ryan to the end of time. Cause this is the only time I was going to get to do the rail, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well then all I ask you is whenever you want set and you know, they, they start throwing that, you know, that one word around. Cause there was a lot of the whack, that word. I'm like, <laughs> Just sure. make sure they ain't smiling after they deliver the line, you know? Like, damn, I finally got to say it. Damn. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. There, was, there might not have been violence, Orlando, but there was some, I was like, yo, these guys are really slaying it out. Put some mustard on it, right? Absolutely. Listen, it's no more or less than when I'm hanging out with Snoop. <laughs> yeah, but that Snoop, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like this. They are the from if Snoop says it, I'm like, word. <laughs> Someone else says it, I'm like, <laughs> wow, the lot. Nobody can, nobody can make the N word classier than Obama. That he's he, <laughs> every time he says it, the N word gets bonus points. It's just the way it is. I don't make the rules. Uh, <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh, my God. Um, okay. okay. <laughs> Orlando, you've... Okay, so, I mean, you have the good Lord Bird out, and, you know, you've been involved in, in drama and comedy and sci-fi, and I mean, so many different genres. I just feel like, is there anything or a genre or story you haven't been involved in that you really absolutely want to do? Like, what must you do before you go on to the great beyond? I have to do James Baldwin. Mm. Ah, yeah. Oh, damn. I mean, I see it. I feel like that would be a mistake. Uh, uh, not only just his particular story, but also just I have a you know connection in my life in, in that I I really studied him pretty extensively for. And my senior thesis before I dropped out of college was a one man show of James Baldwin. So mm. I, for me, 
you know, uh, him and Dick Gregory mm. are are just <laughs> uh, for me figures that transform my life. I, I used to perform uh, Dick Gregory's book, uh, The N Word. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I performed for prose uh, uh, when I was doing, uh, you know, debate. Mm. That was my piece. So, uh, uh, Kurt Flood has always been somebody that I, you know, he's the father of free agency, um, baseball player. Uh, Kurt Flood was the one that ultimately said, you can't just hold on to my rights uh, and tell me what team I'm going to play for. He created free agency. And as we all know, uh, the number of millionaires that free agency mm. created, <laughs> it's just too, it's too many to, 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 to name and, and no one knows Kurt Flood's name. Um, I didn't until you said it. So that's, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, those, that particular grouping of, of people I think is important. Uh, and the last one for me is probably a guy named Ted Patrick. I don't know if you know his story. Mm-hmm. He's the father of cult deprogramming. Just imagine this insanity. Oh. So, so, wow. This guy had a bad stutter. Um, grows up in Memphis, Tennessee. Is like, eh, can't stand Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> Taping my family, I'm out of here. He goes to San Diego, runs into the same sort of racism during the 70s. Starts organizing the workers in order to make big companies in California hire black people. Finds himself on Ronald Reagan's radar. Ronald Reagan's like, wow, incredible. I'm going to make this guy my community liaison down in San Diego. Ronald Reagan hires him, office job. He takes his family down to Mission Beach to the Holiday Inn on the 4th of July. His son goes missing. Hmm. Five days later, his son shows back up, won't leave the room. Totally different kid. No longer outgoing, no longer charismatic, just sitting in his room with the Bible. Wife calls him, says, you got to come home. Our son's back, a problem. Finds out his son got snatched by children of God. Mm-hmm. When I say snatched, he went voluntarily because they don't really grab you. They, it's a conversation with friends. They invite you. He spends 17 hours in the room with his son until he deprograms him. Wow. Finishes deprogramming his son. Son says, dad. I have friends that are there too. Now, those families who've gone to law enforcement, gone to lawyers, kid turned 18, no longer, no longer a child, has right to make its own choices. So the culture always looking for 17-year-olds on the cusp hanging out at the beach. Mm. The end of the story is Ted Patrick ends up deprogramming over 2,000 people. Yeah. Damn. And he would snatch them take them off to a room or to a place somewhere and not let them out until he had deprogrammed them. And he did that in conjunction with the families. He became enemy number one for the cults. And they systematically came together and sort of got rid of him and remove him. His story is fascinating because Ted Patrick is 88 years old, lives in San Diego, still alive, still believes the CIA are living next door to him still writes to sitting presidents trying to explain to them and has been doing this for years to say, hey, you can't beat ISIS. You can't beat ISIL. Those are cults. They're using the cult handbook. You can only deprogram. You don't understand what you're fighting. Mm. That's Ted Patrick's story. That guy is alive. It's a fascinating story. So to me, 
just those stories are the are the things that I really feel like I, I want to get done. And then there's a bunch of graphic novel crazy stuff uh, that you know that is more in the action graphic novel comedy world where I just kind of want to talk about relationships. I just feel like the relationships of male female relationships, uh, stories of love where people are just they no matter how bad it goes, they ride with each other no matter what. I just feel like I miss those stories where two people love each other and it's all going haywire and they're making bad decisions and it's funny and it's crazy. But at the core of it, they've just made that commitment to one another. And when I look at the kind of things that I feel like I, I gravitate to in terms of as a producer or storyteller, then it's usually stuff like that. Got it. All right. Awesome. Well, you have survived the interview segment, but you know you've been here before, so we've got the rap segment, and we know we're running quick, so we're going to keep it quick with these rapid-fire questions. A couple of new ones that I don't think you heard the last time you were here. So Hopefully, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's been a minute, so yeah, no, these are, these are brand new. All right, uh, let's see. Who is your first geek crush? Uh, first geek crush? Mm-hmm. Ooh, does Pam Greer count? Oh, damn, sure does. Shit. Yeah, I was like, my lady is not, but I did. Pretty much. It wasn't sexual for me. I just, like, all of that, all of the energy was just, I was like, yeah, that's <laughs> those are the women in the house with me. I yeah. recognize her. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> more of that. We need more of that in life. Uh okay. Comic books or hip hop, the entirety of the history of that medium has to go. Which one do you choose? The entire history of that medium has to go? All of it. Everything. It never Gone existed. out the world. You have to choose one. Wow. Comic books or hip hop? Correct. Yep. I'm so sorry, comic books. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I can't. I, I can't. No, I, I uh, no, I can't. Listen, if you're a true hip hop head, and you go back to the the basics, the basics, mm-hmm. we go back. We gonna go back to Cool Heart. We gonna go back to Red Alert, uh, Africa Bam. We're gonna go back to it. Yep. Yeah. Um, what that's about, I gotta stand with that. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, no problem there. Yeah. Sorry. All right. Um, what character death hurts you the most in any medium? Oh, hurt me the most? Yeah. Man, that's a tough one. I always, I'll tell you what my joke one is, okay? Okay. It's the dude and, because it's the one I always think about. It's the it's the black dude in um, Jurassic Park. <laughs> wait, <laughs> who is that? It's probably a rubber. The scientist. I know you're talking about. Oh, wait, the one who looks like Samuel? He looked like Samuel Jackson. <laughs> Why he had to get got like that, though? <laughs> okay. This random, indiscriminate black dude. <laughs> Who looks like Samuel L. Jackson. Who looks like Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> dies. <laughs> like, horribly. 
first. <laughs> yes. First. He, he looks like Samuel and Keenan uh, Ivory, like mixed together. Oh my God. <laughs> like, you're right. Thank you're you. Right. You're right. Thank you're you. Right. Thank um, you. That's a good one, though. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> that's the one not. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is the last one. If you, and you can change it up this time, but if you can have any one superpower, what would it be? Oh my goodness. Um, one superpower. Mm-hmm. I would like a superpower I used to have. I don't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. I would like to be invisible. Oh. oh. When I, I still was got that one. That's the one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I remember when I was invisible, where I could stand in a room and people did not care that I was there, and they would just totally be themselves, mm. say what they wanted to say, whatever it was. And so you got this really clear picture of who people were, because you know what I mean. They didn't care that you were there. Yeah. And then as life goes on, and you know you get older or whatever, you know. It, all the elements, fame, all those madness. You're so you're no longer the invisible person in the room, and I miss that because my character creation is heavily based on the most of my life where I was invisible in the room and people were just themselves. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you're like, yeah, I remember. Like I remember this person when they were totally nasty, and also I know people who I knew when they were totally completely different people, and yeah. I know them now, and they're not the same people they were. Mm. So, I've, you know, what I mean, like, that's also been an interesting thing where I'm like, oh, I could talk about I could totally go off on how bad that how, how what a jerk that person is. Right. Mm-hmm. But the person they are now is not the person they were when I was invisible in the room. They've actually grown up and changed since then. Mm. So that's been a weird thing, too, because it's really made me, you know, you know, look at it differently and go, wow, I remember when that person was like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> And now I see that person and that person is completely different. Like, whoa, I wonder what that person ultimately went through to make that change. But I saw that change happen. But I miss being invisible. Being invisible is dope. All right. All right. Well, thank you, Orlando. Thank you for joining us here today. Please let the Internet know where they can find you at, you know, the troll Lando himself. (laughs) At the Orlando Jones is where I be. Mm-hmm. I hope to see your ass there. Hurry, come mess with Trollando. That's what we do. We troll. I'm Professor Brandon Obunu. This is Danny Lore. And this is Vida Ayala. My name is Genevieve King. This is Peter Ramsey. This is Kiro Karangawa. This is Lexi Alexander. This is Otto Asado. And you are listening to... I am listening to... I'm listening to... I like to listen to... I'm listening to... I'm listening to... We are listening to... For All Nerds. Welcome back, and thank you, Mr. Orlando Jones, for once again joining us here in the spaceship tonight. 
As always, pure fire. Yo, I, I didn't. He, I think we told the story on the show before, but I didn't get him to tell that story again. How one time me and Orlando were in LA having dinner uh, with Mello Marketer was there. What up, Mello? Yep, and we're all sitting there having dinner in this it was a dope little vegan spot. Um, and somebody walks up to the table while we're eating, and it's like, "Yo, I heard y'all talking. Are you DJ Ben Amin?" True story. Yo, walked up and out of everybody at the table. Yes. I mean, you you are a star. I'm just saying, but out of everybody at the table was like DJ Ben. I mean, yeah, uh, she's wow. probably still listening. It was her and her boyfriend. I can't remember their names. I have a picture of us all on Instagram though, and uh, and I'm like, yeah, I'm DJ Ben. I mean, and you know, this is who I'm sitting with. And she turns <laughs> and is like, oh, you know, and loses <laughs> it. But Orlando will always, you know, emphasize that she saw me first. It was, you know, yeah. He was he chopped tells, liver. <laughs> he tells the story much, you know, in much more detail than me. But yeah, did you feel was, like? Did you? That's so funny. You felt like you the you the more famous one. <laughs> not really, not really. I have a more famous voice. Not mm. really, but no. See, you that's said thing. Still not really. <laughs> no, but that's the thing because Orlando switches up his voice in every yeah. episode, in every yeah. show he does. So mm-hmm. his his natural speaking voice, a lot of people might not know as well. Oh, she heard y'all first. I said he has a very distinctive look too. Like nobody, oh, I don't no, know anybody cannot. that looks like Orlando. So. Yeah, there's no way. As soon as, like I said, I was like, oh yeah. So she's sitting there looking at me, and then I'm like, yeah, and look who I'm sitting with. And she turns and sees him, and then you know she loses it. Oh, she flips. <laughs> yeah, trust That's me. Funny. No, yeah, I know who's the famous people. People on TV. <laughs> there's a you know there's a difference. I've I've been around enough TV and movie stars. Like I said, I, I've told this story before, but not on here. Like when I met Jude Law. Because I never even thought Jude Law was attractive. I always like, what do people see in this dude? He's, He's pretty weird. Person. Yo, that dude is fucking handsome as fuck. It's like, like, oh, god damn, nigga. I, I get it. You know what I mean? Oh, and it was, it was I on the- I see why you get the roles. Yeah, I see why you get all the paper, bro. You know, it's like, um, it was on the Captain Marvel set. And so ah. Brie, Brie Larson, I'm like, okay, you're a goddess. Um, what's her name? Who The Asian woman who was in that? Stunning. Um, oh, from, from Crazy Rich Agents. Stunning. Um, and then Jumon, Jumonju uh, Hansu. Uh, Jaiman uh, Hansu. Jaiman. Jaiman Hansu. Jumonji. Yo, <laughs> that, call him Jumonji. That man's Jaiman. cheekbones are like chiseled from granite. Like the it's face. The bone structure. I'm just like, oh, okay, I get it. You know, I get it. Yeah, I'm, you know, I get it. Yeah. You know, y'all are, you know, handsome. And I, I might be, you know, looking good on a good day. And, and you were referring to Gamma Chan. Oh, just, yeah, you know, and so sweet, such a sweetie too. And Brie too. Yeah. Brie, I love Brie so much because she is like such a sweetheart. But do not fuck with that woman. Well, but, yeah. you know what's more famous than all of that? Mm, what's that? The guacus extra. Wow, way to bring it back around. I like that. I like that. Yes, the geek when we ask questions, where we answer any and all questions from any and all listeners. <laughs> all of y'all, hit us up. Contact oh, at forallnerds.com. Guac Lives Matter. All right. Yeah, Guac Lives Matter. Please, you know, support us. We need questions from some, you know, some of our women, women's listeners, you know, some of our others' listeners, you know, some of our aliens' listeners, you know, if you out there on Mars, you know, hit us up. Mars. You got to say it like that. Yes. Contact at forallnerds.com or Instagram or Twitter's at forallnerds. And what do we have up first tonight? Up first comes from... And I and I apologize if I mispronounce it. It's Raya or Raya? Uh, I think it's Raya, but well, okay. Raya. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. Just tell okay. us later. But anyway, 
Oh, no, no, this, yeah, this AKA. Yeah. Raya, AKA Lemon Pepper Pots. Fucking incredible. I, that's dope. Yeah. I like that. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, come on. Lemon it's pepper. new, it's fresh, it's yeah. delicious. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Lemon pepper, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the question goes, I recently started watching DC Titans on HBO Max, and I was wondering if you guys have watched any episodes. I love that they cast Starfire as a black woman, and the show is pretty interesting. A show is a pretty interesting take on the Titans Young Justice franchise. I know y'all mentioned the show in what seems like forever ago, but I was just curious about what you thought about it. Much love. I fell off after uh, the first season. I got like three or four episodes into the second season and just fell off. I can't lie to you. I only actually any, only watched a couple episodes, but I, I, I too was also really pleased uh, to yes. see Anna, uh, Anna Jope mm-hmm. as um, Starfire, but uh, that's all I got. <laughs> I do. I mean, they did. I mean, like I said, I, they did do a good job of, up to what I saw. They did do mm-hmm. a good job and, and, I, and I thought it would be great. But then like you, I fell off and, and got mixed up in some other stuff. So. And if you go to our YouTube channel, you can see me interviewing pretty much the entire cast. The entire cast, what, a year ago now? Two, Is it a year? Two, two years ago now? Two years ago now. It, it was a while, but way two before. Two or three. It might be three. Yeah, it's it's like not three. three. Can't be. Yeah, it is. There's Are you Com- serious? There's been a Comic-Con in between that. Oh, my God. So, so yeah. anyway, point is... Ben interviewed the entire cast of of, of Titans from on, way before they were on DC Universe or HBO Max or anything, but yep. this is when they were just leading up to it. Mm-hmm. Really fire interviews. Um, again, I think that was one another interview where we finessed it. Yeah, oh, completely. We definitely finessed it because we weren't completely. supposed to speak at all. Them people. Yep, yep, nope. yep. But it was see, oh man, that was like the, <laughs> that's that's our most legendary finesse. That Watching, was a legendary yeah, finesse. Yeah, y- y'all wa- wa- if y'all go to YouTube and watch those interviews, you are watching a legendary finesse. You're watching place. a finesse in progress. I mean, just like a uh, a stunning like change was, of events. Was, and I was Ben I mean's camera person. I was looking over my shoulder like Yo. <laughs> it was just one of the moments where I was like, yo, all right, we gonna do this. And then it was like we did it. And then Hell it was yeah, like, we're gonna do it. Yeah. Who gonna stop me, huh? Yeah, man. Yeah. Who gonna but, stop me? But 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 for for a good cause. So definitely watch those uh, mm-hmm. watch those videos. And that being said, we both fell off, but quite enjoyed the show while we mm-hmm. were watching it. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is from Why Boodoo. Uh, wait, wait. Oh, Why Boodoo? Why? Oh, this 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 is a this is fam. This is fam. Yes, what up, yeah. Why Boodoo? Why? Yeah, oh, why so Why Boodoo? Why? why? AKA Travis Spock. I think about it. I guess, yeah. Instead of Travis Scott. Yeah, it's not bad. That's bad. <laughs> It'd be dope if you had some, if you had, I mean, it's like the more you think about it, the more I like it. Like if you had some, if you had yeah. dope artwork of Travis Scott as Travis Spot, that'd be fire as fuck. This this oh yeah, good that'd idea. Be fire That's as a fuck. great art idea. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. The question goes, name a movie and a song you would associate. Name a movie and a song you would associate that movie with. Oh, mm-hmm. like Do the Right Thing would be Fight the Power by Public Enemy. I mean, oh, yeah. so you hear the song and you think about the movie. Mm. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, uh, um, what do you call it from um, Penny with a Hole in It? Uh, they say I'm hopeless from the Love Jones soundtrack. Who is that? Um, um, I can't remember the name of that singer. That's my jam. They say uh, Dion something. 
Yeah, that one. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I don't know why, but The Matrix popped in my head. And I was thinking mm. of that song Club to Death mm. by Rob Dugan. Like, yeah. that's the, that, that, that. I don't know. They use that song in so many different things. They yeah. use that song in like car commercials and all sorts of shit. But when you hear that, when I hear that, I think of The Matrix. Um, ooh, th- I mean, this is a great question, but I don't know why now I'm drawing blanks besides that. Okay. Another random one is. Um... Run DMC, uh, Christmas and Hollis. Whenever I hear it, I think of uh, Die Hard, because at the beginning of the movie, when he gets into the limo with Argyle, Argyle pops that in and starts rocking, and he's like, "Don't you have any Christmas music?" He's like, "This is Christmas music. <laughs> Come on." Oh, uh, a real easy one that popped up in my head. Uh, uh, was it Planes featuring MIA? What, what for for a Pineapple Express film? Oh, that's in I there? I fly like paper games. Oh, yeah, it is in like there. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it is yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah. Definitely think of that. Pineapple Express. Yeah. Um, yeah, what's the more recent one? That's a great question. More recent? I'm trying to think. I mean, Pineapple Express is pretty recent. I'm trying to think of something recent where I'm like, ooh. I mean, yeah, see, this is older. Is another one is uh, Reservoir Dogs. But that's pretty much any Quentin Tarantino film. When he uses a song, if I like that movie, it becomes associated with that, you know? Like all all the sound cues from like the Kill Bills are those are from other movies and other songs, but they've now been kind of associated with you know Kill Bill for me. That's the thing. I think I remember soundtracks more so than yeah, actual that songs. Too. That too. Easily so more so like the score of a yeah. film as opposed to any any Man. records that are played. My favorite. I mean, this isn't that recent, but the Catch Me If You Can soundtrack. Oh my God, it's so fire! Oh, but what about like Sunflower for um, Spider Verse? Oh yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, hell yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Immediately. I mean, it's not from Spider Verse, but y'all hear me. Like, no, no, that, <laughs> whenever I hear where, that, I think Spider. Yeah, immediately. Yeah, immediately. Yeah. yeah, I can't. Yeah, it's magical. Yeah, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. Okay, that's a great question though. Mm-hmm. Okay, the next one. What's good, fan fam? This is Maze. Maze here, aka Juicy J Five. I have okay. no idea. Juicy J. And I know J that part. Yeah. Five. You got me, fam. Okay, purple. If, if, if neither of us knows it, that's terrible. Purple Ranger, oh, but it's so, spelled Rain. That's so ass. Instead of ra- okay. That's like I mean that. <laughs> That is ass, fam. You you should stop right there. I don't even know if he gets to do any more. Just get through him. Uh, I don't like the next one. So I'm not gonna say it. Vic and Little, I said it. What, uh, what the fuck? Yeah, the, that's the next ass. one. The next one, Scotty Pimpin. Oh my god, dog! Why are you wasting our time? <laughs> and then the last one is M Bison Tiller. What? Instead of Bryson Tiller. Oh my this god. You are just not feeling any of this. Though. Nah, I'm sorry, fam. It was your birthday last week, but you know, I guess you had too much of the hen we dog went, or we, something. We went easy on you. Yeah, uh, oof, that and was Bison ass. Tiller. I mean, that one's not bad. It's not out of all of them. I mean, you, you have to think because, of Bryson yeah, Tiller. You have to think of Bryson Tiller. If you don't, then it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and it's too long. And no, and it's also after you <laughs> delivered five in a row. It's like you know, a nigga like went to the free throw line, and I mean, like didn't even hit the backboard five times straight. And so then, like air balls. 
Yeah, no, no, yeah. I mean, like, not even air balls. I mean, air balls, like, you're close. You know what I mean? Oh. No, this man was, like, shooting at the other rim on the other side of the court. Oh, no, and man. Then, and then clunked I mean. one off the side of the rim. Then yes. I mean, okay, you don't have to drag him. Okay. I'm sorry, bro. No, that, he knew what he sent them in. Come on, Scotty Pimpin', what Maze, is this? Maze, but for real, Maze, if you know it's whack, don't. Don't, don't do ours. Don't do this don't. like this. Yeah, we might don't. have to edit some of this dragon because it's wasting people's time. Okay. <laughs> Question goes. <laughs> uh, what would you say is the biggest misconception most people tend to have about you as a person? And has there ever been a time someone has had the correct assumption about you? Peace and love. Now... Your AKAs notwithstanding, this is a <laughs> fabulous question. Is it? No, yeah, it is. No, all this right. is actually really yeah. it's okay. good because I actually deal with this all along. Mm. So I'll okay. go first. Yeah, do it. Okay. Few things. The biggest misconception misconception mm. conception that people <laughs> have about me, Tatiana King, is that I'm mean, that I'm bitchy because I have resting bitch face. So like that like I, I don't even think you do. You but you're used to me. A lot, people have told me they was like, "Oh, yo, I just, you know, I didn't think that you was gonna like let me get within two feet of you <laughs> because like people are maybe I just have that look like I don't want to fuck with nobody. I don't know, but people. Have told uh, me. I I would say that I, I say you have the look of just I'm on my own, you know, like like yeah. I'm good, leave me alone. I'm good, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the Capricorn in me, but um, yeah. which and it's true, I'm good, leave me alone. <laughs> but yeah. no, but if you if you I mean it's COVID now, but if you do see me, please say hello. Like yeah. I'm, I'm I'm not mean whatsoever. No, super nice. Um, I can be though. Um, misconception. Oh, another misconception is, especially like when I'm dressed up and stuff, that like I guess I'm just some, I, I don't know, like regular poppy fashion girl that don't care about nothing else. I, I don't know what to call that. Like basically, what I get all the time, like when we, for example, when we do, when you and I, Ben, we go and do like a, um, like we do an interview together, or we're on camera. People are like, yo, you don't look like someone who would like nerd stuff mm, yes i've i've been witness to it they were like oh you because come you know even, even people who are you know our friends and our friends of the show they mm -hmm. was like yo you know i saw you and i thought like you know they say that to me like oh i thought you was just like this fashion girl and like you weren't like into For real anything about else. this life yeah yeah really about this life and stuff like that um and also i got and vice versa too so the people mm. who have known me to be very nerdy i guess they're like oh i know you was into hip-hop and Jordan's and this and that. I didn't know you was into the culture, TM. And I'm like, look, nigga, stop playing with me. Like, I, I'm I'm very multifaceted. I, I like a lot of different things, so. Um, and then has there ever been a time someone has had a correct assumption about you? No. Hmm. No. Hmm. All right. Um, hmm. I think for me, when I was younger, I definitely got, I used to, have, like, especially at Howard, and then I, I think even past Howard, because I've been told this all the way up to even, like, when I was locked up, a lot of people say this about me. I have very basically two faces. You know, I have either, which is, like, die, you know? <laughs> I actually have it saved in my gift folder on my phone. <laughs> It's a yeah. picture of you when we were on, again, we were on an interview together. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was a Rise yeah. TV, and you just had this look like, I want everybody in this room to die, die. and infinity fade yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. And people, would, and what kills me is people would say, like, I remember people would say, and you know Howard, right? So they'd say, I'd come out of fine arts, and I'd stand in the front of fine arts, and I'd just look over the yard, God. and people would be like, 
Yo, this kid, you know, like looking like Thanos. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why are you on campus so angry? Are you okay? And I had, and you know, this is me, Tatiana. You know me. I'm, yeah. I'm high as fuck. You know, I'm probably, I'm probably, <laughs> probably roasted thinking. right then. You know, like I'm coming out of class. You know, I probably was smoking right before class. So I'm still roasted. I'm in there, like, yo, I'm roasted. You know, I'm looking at the shorties. I'm thinking about some music, you know, or some geek shit. And I'm just off in my own world, or I'm thinking about a movie, you know, that's what I'm always, you know, I'm always been like this. But so that's a big misconception. I have these two faces, you know, either laughing or die, you know, yeah. and that is my two, yeah. that's it for me pretty much. And so people get this misconception about me that when they see the die face, they think, you know, that I'm just what, you know, and I think just a lot of it, I, I think the misconception is how I look again, because it's something that I'm not. You're I'm not a, cognizant of like you're not I'm, aware of it. I am, but I'm not. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't say take advantage of it, but it's just not something that occurs to me in my daily thought. You know. Mm, okay. Like, I remember when I would come around my mom's office at work, and you know her friends would be like, "Oh, your son is really handsome." Like as I got older, you know. But I was a, especially as I went through adolescence, I was chubby. I was a dork. You know, I mean, out yeah. of control, dork. And it was before dorks were cool. You know, I was really weird. I didn't dress well, all that stuff. So that's always been who I am in my head. You know, like, I don't, I know I'm like six feet tall. Like, when people hear me talk, they're like, yo, you got this deep ass voice. You know, and I'm like, what? I do? You know, because I, in my head, I hear this, you know, my little 12 year old voice. Oh, you still hear the, you still hear young Ben. Yeah. Yeah. To me, I still feel like young Ben, you know? So it's like, that's a misconception that people think. That I'm just like, and also because I DJ and all that, but that like, there's a confidence for me, at least that comes from being behind turntables, you know, but when I'm not behind turntables, I'm just like, I'm chilling, you know, it's just, I don't know. People have this, but I think, and you've seen that too. When people come up to me on the street and stuff, it's like this weird thing to me where I'm just like, yo, I'm just me dog, you know, like, and I don't think of myself as the way people who listen to this show and I've think noticed, think of you. Yeah. I've, I've noticed that like I DJed for a long time and I never got the reaction that I got from people who listen to this show. Like people who listen to the show are, I like to call them my friends, you know, but they're fans of mine in a different way mm -hmm. than what people were of me as a DJ, you know, or at least anyone that I ever met. I know, I know people who were like that of me as a DJ, but I never met them and talked to them, you know, mm -hmm. but I've met a bunch of people who are like, Oh my God, when they meet me and I'm like, and I know they're doing it because of the show. And I'm like, dog, I, we do a podcast. You know, it's like, no, you're like, I'm a weirdo. So I don't know. Yeah, why that's you. the other part, you know, yeah. and I'm a super weirdo, you know. It's like, I'm a weirdo. Why do you care, right? <laughs> I'm the man who went into the store today and bought the Mandalorian uh, best car figure. And then I'm mad because they had the pimped out Destro. And I'm at the call for Bid and Planet tomorrow and be like, yo, just hold me that pimped out Destro. I don't know why I didn't buy it, you know. The man walked around Brooklyn in a Chewbacca onesie. No for, problem. Like, 18 hours so Yo, no problem so that shit was so great I was it, so, felt, it felt liberating <laughs> yeah and, I, and it was something like I, I had to give i had to be forced into doing it so thank you you know who you are who forced me into doing that and i went out on in this chewbacca uniform and i'm we're walking down the block and the very first person who sees me is this brother on the corner and he's like yo fam 
How you got a Chewbacca onesie? Yo, how you got the Wookiee onesie, son? Yo, where you get that from? Yo, that's crazy. Oh, oh he gassed you. Gassed <laughs> he me. Gassed he me. was loving it, you know? And then, like, I, 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 we go to the park. We go all around. I come back around to the, um, you know, we're walking back up on the block. And there's my boys on the block where I see every day, you know, they see me coming down. And one of them stops me. He's like, yo, man, I just got one question. Answer this bet for me. Are you a Wookiee or are you an Ewok? Oh, shit. <laughs> see, that also tells you, you've had your own misconceptions about the people you're Boom, walking Boom, there past. you go. Yep, there you, you go. You think they would even know or even be into it. I mean, I would know that because they're old dudes and I know they, you know, any old oh, okay. black man knows Star Wars, you know, in some, <laughs> in some form or another. Don't, you know, they might front, but they don't, you know, they know that shit. They know it, okay. Yeah, but no, that's a great question, Maze. You made yeah. up for you made up for your you, ass. You, for AKs. It. you gotta get you gotta get better with this stuff. Just Jesus. learn how to like yeah. t- look at yourself in the mirror and say, Maze, <laughs> not today. That ain't it, Chief. Not today. Uh but no, we love you. We appreciate it. And, and thank you to everyone who put in a guac this week. If you have a guac question, it could be about is that an Ewok or Chewbacca type? It could be about Pokemon for all we care, or it could be about something in the real world. It could be something in your life, whatever. Hit us up, contact at 4 That way you can email us to get a little bit more privacy if you need more space for a longer question. Otherwise, you can hit us up on the interwebs on our socials at 4 Nerds. And per usual, to the very, 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 very special fan fam, if you are on a special tier on our Patreon, that's patreon.com slash for all nerds. You get a guaranteed guac question no matter what. Let us know. Hit us up. Word up. And thank you to everybody on that patreon.com slash for all nerds. Thank which you. allows us to do all this great stuff like where you can see our beautiful faces on twitch.tv slash for all nerds every week. Every you week. You get to check us out. You have yep. quite literally kept us in business throughout the pandemic. Facts. Because, fam, I'll, I'll be real with y'all. I've not DJed since February. Like, I think I've done maybe three events since February. Mm. And none of them, I, two of them I still ain't got paid for. Damn. Yeah. yeah. That's Looking rough. At you. you know rough who you life. are, too. Yeah. Um, ain't seen none of that, though. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. So, thank you to Patreon.com slash For All Nerds. Thank you to everybody who chats us out on Twitch.tv slash For All Nerds. And anybody who tips over there, you know, hits mm-hmm. up with them bits and the subscriptions, yeah. all that stuff, because everything helps. tpublic.com slash stores mm-hmm. slash for all nerds. So you can get all this merch. It's going on sale for the holidays. We're about yeah. to have a bit sale. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to put on that Infinity shirt, the one of me, Infinity. I'm, uh, I I was worried about people having my face on materials, you know? Wait, but, but which Infinity shirt with you on it? The one I- where I'm holding the mug and it's it's just me oh, repeating. Oh, the Infinity of you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hit the, yeah, get that. Yeah, alright, we're gonna put that design up for a limited time only. That's just that one's drawing off after Christmas. I'm Damn, gonna tell so you. I need now. to do the same thing. I'm yeah. gonna do the same. I yeah, you got you got to do an infinity shirt. Yeah, you gotta yeah, have to get your infinity shirt. shirt. Yep. Yeah, we got to do it. Yep. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So we're gonna have to that that'll be our, you know, into the new year and beyond our infinity shirts. I like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. look at that. Marketing. <laughs> We learned so much. Uh, but yeah, yes. for real, y'all, f- definitely appreciate you. And as Benami said, really, actually, really, really, really important that you continue to be down with us on a Twitch. Yes. Make sure you're watching. Again, like he said, do the bits. If you got, if you like the bits, if you don't care for the bits, at least chat with us. 
Um, you know, if we're doing live streaming, make sure you're there. Make sure you're commenting on all of our posts and stuff. Sharing those. That's a big, big deal. Sharing mm. and commenting and all that Fact. stuff. So, like, like, we know you're there, but let us know you're there. Yes. Especially on the Twitch stream, y'all. We missed the Halloween getting to a thousand, but we almost there. I'm going to wear this outfit. It's amazing. I will do like several live streams in it. You know, we I'll let y'all determine however many y'all want me to do. I don't care. Just get us to a thousand. Twitch.tv slash four on earth right now. Hit stop on this podcast. It's almost over anyway. <laughs> Twitch.tv slash four on earth.